Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email. Just send those emails to TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, how are you? I'm good, Eric. Good to finally be able to talk to you. It's been a it's been a rough couple of days trying to schedule this one. Yes, uh, as I think it's a cliche at this point, but scheduling is the enemy of all podcasts, especially when it's not your full time job. You know those guys that just do this for a living that's all they've got to do is schedule podcasts but we have other things to do so it makes it a little rough but here we are we are finally here to talk about the topic of our next episode um so without much preamble before we do get into that topic though we do need to tell you guys about our partner sponsor and that is organic priced books now joe we have had a plethora of books released recently in fact there's so many i can't keep up with them um we just had absolute superman for all seasons came out recently we had uh the batman adventures omnibus that just came out i think we had another big one what was the other one that just it was a hardcover that just came out oh the hush no the hush is later on um what was i know they came out with the all the the one bad days did they come out recently like in that box set I they did was one but there was something that's not else. the one you're so, talking about i'm trying to think of the other one it was just a hardcover of something recent i don't know I, I was fixated more on the uh the batman adventures omnibus and the superman for all season those were the two big ones for me it was a deluxe edition it's gonna drive me nuts if i don't <laughs> i don't remember what it was um either way Any of these books that you're looking for, you can go to organicpricedbooks.com and just uh, you can get a discount on all these wonderful books. They have books from not only DC, but Marvel, IDW, Dark Horse, any of those companies that you're looking for these collected editions in oversized hardcovers or even trades. You can find them there. Uh, Organic Price Books is a small business. It's a family-run business, and they are looking to extend uh, a way for you to save money on these awesome books. And you can help us out in the process and support this show. The way you do that is you use the link in the description of this podcast, and you follow it to Organic Price Books, and you can use our promo codes. The first is to save $2 on any order. And that is TFR Batpod. And then if you buy three or more books looking for a big bundle there, you use the promo code TFR Batpod, ship it together, and you get a 5% discount on your total order. So make sure you go to Organic Priced Books today and help yourself out, save a little money, and support us as you're doing that. But, Joe, um, we're oh, oh, I remember it's under the red hood, the deluxe edition. That's what it was. Yeah, I looked it up while you were talking, and I was gonna, I was gonna spoil that for you, but that's all right. It just hit me. Uh, under the red hood, the deluxe edition just came out, so that's a that's a good one to look up on Organic Price Books. 
But the topic of the day, Joe, we are here to talk about a DC animated film. The last one we did, I think, was was it The Doom That Came to Gotham? I think so. That's Jeez, it's been a while. But this one, was that actually more recent than this one as far as release goes? It was, but it's Batman. Um, so yeah, we did, yeah we that did was definitely more give of a, a priority. It was. Uh, but without further ado, we are talking today about the DC animated film Legion of Superheroes. And this was released in February of this year. So February 7th, 2023. It's directed by Jeff Womister and written by Josie Campbell. It it does star uh, Meg Donnelly as Supergirl, Harry Shum Jr. as Brainiac 5, and then returning Darren Chris as Superman, Matt Bomer as The Flash, and Jensen Ackles as Batman. So, Joe, I'm very curious just to start off because we are going to, this one came out in February, so we're not so worried about spoilers, um, but just kind of a general idea. I know that you weren't crazy about this one on your first watch, so I'm very curious. What did you think watching it again for the episode? Well, I, I can't say I wasn't crazy about it. There, there were things that I felt, um, I felt odd about and I can't get into them until spoilers. But I, as far as the story itself, I enjoyed the story. And I, I actually think this is one of the better ones that we've gotten recently. Um, and I definitely enjoyed it more on rewatches. I think there's some things that once we get over the spoiler wall, I can get more into about things that I... Not even that I dislike them. I think it just is up for <laughs> debate on why or how people should feel about it, um, in my opinion, based on some other films. And uh, it's it's tough. But um, honestly, I don't know much about Legion of the Superheroes uh, at all in the comics. And I know it's, it seems like the Legion of Superheroes is that property that like, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to say this as like a negative towards these people, but it seems like if you're a fan of the Legion of Superheroes, it's like, you're the big DC guy. Like you, you look down your nose at other DC fans like, Oh, you don't know Legion of superheroes. Then you're not a true DC fan. And I'll be honest with you. I never got into them. Um, it's just something that kind of, you know, it's like a whole other world of DC and they, and they have a lot of, apparently a lot of like interesting stories. And from what I know about them, I don't know of any stories where Supergirl is up front and center, uh, with Legion of superheroes. Yeah, and that's one thing I was going to say. Um, I believe you could have called this movie Supergirl. Um, well, it's funny. The title card has the Superman, the Supergirl logo. It, um, it does. And this is... Which it's uh, so not I, in... I'm sorry. It's just not in the, the title. So, like, they knew what they were doing. They just, for some reason, didn't push it. Like, I'm surprised that Supergirl doesn't have more of a recognizable name to sell the product than Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I mean, I don't know very much about the Legion of Superheroes either. I'm in that same boat as you, um, but I did enjoy this movie quite a bit, and I think because it is so focused on Supergirl, it feels like a Supergirl movie, but yes. one thing I noticed, I, I don't know if you, I don't remember when you first watched it. I didn't watch it uh, until uh, like a month ago, and I did that in preparation to watch uh, Justice League War World which we'll discuss later. Um, but Hopefully with this just one, on this podcast, 
<laughs> but I, I really, really liked this movie, and you seemed a little trepidatious when I was talking to you about it. And I thought maybe it was a little bit of a maybe recall. Maybe you didn't remember much about it at, on your first viewing, because even you know we were talking about. I had told you. Well, they almost could have co-branded this with Batman. And you were like, well, he's barely in it. And then when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, I'm like 23 minutes into it and Batman's still in it. And you said, really? <laughs> so, yeah, was- I I definitely do not remember that upon my first viewing that like it took very long, a very long time to get to the future in this story. And even once they get there, they still have the they like reconnect as far as storytelling goes with the present day where Batman and Superman currently are. So yeah, I, there was definitely some, uh, you know, I joke about it all the time on here that I have a terrible memory when it comes to stuff like this. I think I watch too much stuff like and go from one thing to the next. And I mm. have a hard time sometimes retaining things after only one viewing. So with this, I will say I watched it, um, and really paid attention. Like I, you know, no phone, no nothing. Like it was, it was, I, I wanted to really take it in. And, and I got to say, I did enjoy it a lot the second time. And I did enjoy it the first time. It was just, there were some things that not necessarily even I had an issue with. I was more surprised that there wasn't more of an issue with it from the, um, the general audience or just, I mean, I don't know how much of the general audience really watches these, but like the fans that watch these because of certain things that they did in other films that people had a big problem with that. Um, again, it's really hard for me to kind of talk around this without spoilers, but it, I, I think the Supergirl stuff in this is really good. And mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with Megan Donnelly, but she was great. She was wonderful. The, the whole voice cast is great. Of course, you know, we already had Jens, uh, Jensen Ackles and Darren Chris and a few others, but yeah, this, I think one of the stellar things that DC animation does is casting for voices. I don't know that mm-hmm. we've ever had an awful one, maybe a few here and there that weren't perfect, but never bad, I would say. And they tend to grow on us. Like, I think the one that always comes up is Rain Wilson as Lex Luthor, but I think he grew on me as he went on. I think he kind of fell in, like he kind of, you know, sunk into the role um, mm. the more he played him. And I think I, he definitely grew on me, but yeah, I, I haven't had an issue with anyone really. Okay. So let's, uh, let's choose that right there. Let's just get over, um, the small spoiler wall we had. Cause we were really weren't protecting spoilers here, but I do want to be able to talk about this movie openly. Um, so just kind of l- to lay the groundwork, uh, we're not going beat by beat, but the movie does involve, we get the origin of Carl Zarell, um, and we get the destruction of Krypton again, but from a different spin, we get to see um, Kara and her mother in kind of their last moments together. And then uh, we do go to the present where we have, you know, Supergirl kind of coming into her own as a hero and Superman and Batman kind of coaching her along and trying to help her out, which gave me uh, Batman Superman vibes from yes. the, from the comics. And then um Superman decides that she needs a different style of training. So he takes her to the Legion of superheroes, which is of course in this future, um, future reality. So Joe, I really, really like the first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie. I enjoy the whole thing, but man, I love the first 20 to 30 minutes of this film. Um, first of all, the emotion of, you know, we've seen the the uh, Jor-El and the Lara saying goodbye to little baby Clark so many times now. 
Um, that Did it they does show that in Man of Tomorrow. I don't remember. I can't remember, but it, it takes a really special version now to really hit you in the feels because we've seen it so many times. But I haven't seen very many versions of Kara's mother saying goodbye to her, and that was mm-hmm. really touching. I thought. I, I completely agree. It was great, and and seeing, you know, because. It's funny you keep saying like we've seen so many times of Jarrell saying goodbye to Cal, and I feel like we've seen it like three times this year, <laughs> like, um, or at least in the past five years between Super Pets. Um, if they showed it in Man of Tomorrow, I don't remember. They definitely showed it in um, uh, Super Sons. We talked about that recently, and in mm-hmm. this, it was so different to see this dynamic with Kara and her because. It hit, I'll be honest, it got me because, oh, you know, obviously I'm a father and having a parent talk to their child, knowing that it, at that moment, it's the last time they're going to see him with Cal. It's like, okay, we're never going to see this kid grow up at all. We're not going to experience him as our child ever. So that's sad in it of itself. But this being a completely different thing of how do I wrap up how I feel about my child in like 30 seconds to say goodbye to them and tell them I love them. That is such a different, like it's, it's the same, but it's so different as far as why it's heartbreaking. And I, you know, I put myself in these situations when I watch these movies and I think like, what would I say to my, you know, 16, I, I, I what does she think she is like 17, maybe at that point, like, maybe. you know, a, yeah. a teenager, what do you say to that child and tell them, Everything you're proud of them for, like how much, how you feel about them, all that wrapped up into 30 seconds and say goodbye to them, knowing that you'll never see them again. And, and you hope that they're okay going forward. It's so, it's, it's devastating. And it's such a, like, yeah, I, I can't think of another, like, I don't think I've ever even read a a Supergirl comic where that happens um, in the, Supergirl woman of tomorrow's storyline by Tom King. It's, it's very different, it's mm-hmm. very different way of telling that story. And that's the only one that really comes to my mind. But I, I love the way it starts because you gotta, you gotta grab us right away. You gotta find a way to get us into this story instantly. And they do that. They, they make it very clear. This is a Supergirl story. And if you don't know, like I, I was shocked by that going in. I, I don't know if you knew because you waited long and, you know, longer to watch the film. But when I watched this back when it came out, it really surprised me. I don't think I even paid attention to the fact that Supergirl was on the cover of this uh, Blu-ray. You know what I mean? Like it, it really like took me by surprise. Well, yeah, and that that my reaction to it was okay. Uh, when I first saw the cover, I saw you know Supergirl. I see who I think is just Brainiac because I didn't know it was Brainiac Five, mm-hmm. and then nondescript superhero on the right who we find out is is Monel um which I'm sure you and I are going to discuss cuz so so you didn't we, even we, know that was Monel uh looking at the cover? Nope. Okay. So yeah, that's so now that we're over the spoiler wall, you have no knowledge of Monel whatsoever because you did not watch Supergirl past like what season 1? I don't you even think I I don't think I finished season 1. It just wasn't okay. for me. Okay. No, 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 that's fine. But so Yeah. So I watched that show till like the end. Like I, I didn't watch the last couple seasons, but I loved it in the beginning. And I, the Monel seasons, um, he plays a really big part in the show, and that is kind of my knowledge of Monel. 
I don't. I have not read a lot of comics with him showing up, and like I said, I've never read any Legion of Superhero stuff. Did you ever watch the animated series? Which animated series? There's a Legion of Superheroes animated series. Oh yeah, so I discovered this recently. Um, oh, okay. I may have seen it here or there, but no, I don't. I don't have a lot of memory of it. It was on DC Universe, which again, such a shame that that, that I, I. God, there was so much great, like crazy random stuff on that app, <laughs> but it was on yeah. there, and I did watch a couple episodes. I don't remember, you know, I, like I kind of put it on the background. And is Monel in that too? I guess I, I really don't remember. I would assume he is. Okay. But I, I don't remember, and it's not streaming anymore um, on HBO Max. But uh, yeah, so, Manel plays a really big part on Supergirl, though, and that's where I know him from. So for clarity for you as the audience, um, Joe and I kind of <laughs> had a had a discussion about Monel because uh, we're over the spoiler wall. So if you if you're still with us and you don't you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry, but. Um, Monel is kind of the he's the turncoat in this movie and he is a villain and a bad guy and Joe was like Joe was telling me you know I can't believe they did this and kind of you know I guess that's one of your sticking points for the movie Joe because you have this you, <laughs> you have a little bit of knowledge of Monel and well, I, I, I like, think let and me I'm defend like, myself I don't here. even know who this guy is why are we <laughs> so, yeah. well alright here's here's the problem this came out right after beware my power and mm-hmm. everybody hated what they did to Hal Jordan in that movie, except for me. And there's a lot of comics precedents for what they did to Hal Jordan in that movie. <laughs> then this movie comes out. And from the beginning of this movie, I had a feeling that they were going to do this with Manel, and I didn't care, but I felt like it was obvious because it was so against the character that I was like, Oh, they're going to do something with Manel. Like I could just feel it. And there's no comics precedence for it whatsoever. And nobody had an issue with it. <laughs> because I guess nobody really cares about Monel. But to me, it felt like a very like hypocritical thing for people to be like, oh, nobody cares about this. But like, and again, I get it. People didn't like be more of my power. I'm not dying on that hill. I don't care that much. But it was very interesting to me that they kind of did the same thing in this movie as they did in that movie. And to me, it was very similar and I didn't have a problem with either one, but I did feel like they found a way to do this just because mm. like, I don't think there was a reason to do it other than, Oh, nobody will expect this because it's never been done before with Monel. I just personally would have preferred if they didn't do it because I feel like Monel, I like Monel as a character from what I've seen. And I just would have preferred it if it wasn't him. But again, I can look past that. It doesn't bother me again. I had no problem with how Jordan being an evil SOB in you are my power. So so in principle, I can get past that stuff. The principle of the matter, I see what you're saying. Uh, face value, though, I don't think anybody cares about Monel at the level they do Hal Jordan. So, I oh think, no, absolutely. That's that's exactly what it is, and I'm fine. And the, with, like and the said, creators probably knew that they were like, well, not that many people know who Monel is, so we can we can still you know tie him into the Legion and we can use him mm-hmm. in this way. I think that's what's weird about it to me, though, is because the Legion of Superheroes are pretty lesser known characters to begin with. Mm. And they took the one that is probably has the best chance of being known other than Brainiac 5. And they turned him into the villain. But I guess that was their thought process was he's the most interesting character. Let's do it with him. 
and again, I don't like I said, I do not have a problem with it. It, it for this story. I think it works really well, especially with the the obsession he has with Krypton, um, mm-hmm. the similarities between Daxamites and Krypton, Krypt, uh, Kryptonians. I get it, um, and it it makes for a shocking turn if you weren't expecting it because you do know Monel as a character. Uh, but like I said, I almost I feel like I saw it coming because I felt like they were going to do it just because it would have been shocking. Yeah, and and I'll be honest. Uh, if if I have off- if I have offended any Monel fans that listen to this show, I apologize. <laughs> um, it's just to me, honestly, I see him. Uh, this is the biggest I've ever the biggest exposure I've ever had to him. And when he pops mm-hmm. up on screen, I was like, okay, this is this is dollar store Superman. Um, well, and let me be clear. I have no affinity for the character in general. No, I, I only I know him from Supergirl. Like, I don't know anything about the guy from the character from the comics yeah. at all. Um, did you see it coming though? Like to me, I felt like it was pretty obvious and I usually don't recognize that kind of stuff. The first time I watched it. No. Um, and okay. I don't even think I was thinking about it. The second time I was like, okay, now thinking about this. Um, and especially with my feelings being, this is nondescript superhero guy. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it was pretty obvious, but it still worked for me. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, and now, did you know Brainiac 5 is a good guy, at least? Yes, I did. I did know that. Um, okay, so I don't I don't know if you were expecting him to be the villain. No, like, I, I did expect okay. Brainiac proper to show up, and I was yeah. not disappointed when he did. Um, but How did I, this for Scarathon, right? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, but... Uh, I do like the dynamic since you brought up Brainiac 5. I like this, how we go from very confrontational between Supergirl and Brainiac 5, mostly on the part of Supergirl, because she has this innate prejudice against Brainiacs. And just like instantly, as soon as she sees him, she starts a fight with him because she's like, Mm -hmm. Brainiac, this is a villain. Um, And I love how as we progress through the story and they're kind of training together and becoming part of the Legion together, uh, they go from like confrontational to, you know, tolerating each other to friends to then a a romantic situation at the end. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was handled really well. And I was actually pulling for them to be kind of together at the end. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was done really well. Um, it seemed very natural where like it, it is that I mean, I guess cliche would be the right word where it's like, you know, they butt heads in the beginning. They have this this feud where they're trying to one up each other, especially with their intellect and their fighting and all that. And then they finally, you know, they, they become attracted to one another. It, it's it's definitely been done numerous times, but I think it was done really well here with two superheroes. And I like that they're so drastically different as far as personalities and, um, you know, species <laughs> i i don't really know the the term for brain like is brainiac five a he's not a like a he's not a robot right he's he is, is he, a organic being right so an android i i honestly don't know the the quote-unquote chemistry of brainiac five but yeah like a android cyborg something like that it's yeah. like yeah but he's definitely more humanoid than, uh, you know, Brainiac. Yes, uh, I agree. 
And and I will say, I mean, and we kind of skipped over this, but I do like the callback at the beginning because before that decision is made to send Supergirl to the Legion, she's working with Batman and Superman, and we get a callback uh, with a villain because we have Solomon Grundy at the beginning, which I really like. But I was a little confused because Solomon Grundy was a lot more articulate than the last time we saw him. When did we see him last? Which one did he show up in? Man of Tomorrow? Long oh, Halloween. he was in Long Halloween. Yeah. Totally forgot about because I, I as stupid as this sounds, like I feel like Long Halloween kind of stands on its own. Like I don't even think about that as being in this continuity because it is the only one that's really disconnected. Yes. Um, but I did like seeing him. I thought it was cool to see him come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- th- we have so the the underlying story throughout the whole movie after we get uh, to the Legion. And even Batman is investigating why Solomon Grundy was... In fact, now that I mention that, I think that was kind of a plot point. um, Was Batman was like, I've never heard... I've never heard Grundy, you know, talk like that or something. And he's He says he's not smart enough to use this technology or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So obviously there's some kind of manipulation going on here. And we learn as Batman's investigating, there's this dark... There's this group called the Dark Circle... And that's very much a discussion point with the kids at the Legion as well. And so going through this movie, we start to learn more about this dark circle. And my question for you is, Joe, because I don't know about this. Is the dark circle something I should know? Is that a because I think that I think it's a criminal organization in the DC universe, but not one that I'm super familiar with. I don't remember. I feel like I did look it up but I don't even remember what I came up with or if it's like a different name for something. Mm. Okay. Let's see if I can find it while you're talking. Oh, I think I've got it here. So, okay. So they are a criminal organization that's primarily an enemy of the Legion of Superheroes. That's why oh, you and okay. I don't recall it. Uh, <laughs> that would make sense. So, it, it, you know, you go through this entire movie. You're trying to figure out who this dark circle is. They keep finding little clues here and there. Um, we, we do find out that mon is a member of the dark circle. So he betrays the Legion close to the end of the movie. And then we come to find that Brainiac Brainiac proper is the leader of the dark circle. So I said from the beginning, as soon as I saw Brainiac five, I thought that Brainiac would, would play into the end of the movie. Did you think that was coming as well? I honestly don't think I did. I don't remember. Um, but I do love that it does call back to the first film, uh, being Man of Tomorrow. And they even discuss like how that's even possible. You know, he would, I guess he was shot with a kryptonite bullet in Man of Tomorrow. I I think so. I honestly don't remember. It's been a little bit since I, I've watched Yeah, that I one. think that's what Kara says, or someone says like he was shot with a kryptonite bullet. Mm-hmm. Um so I like the callback to that and, and seeing, you know, him being such a big bad in the DC universe uh, as a whole, it makes sense for him to show up in the, you know, 30th century or whatever it is uh, to, to have this huge plot to, you know, to end the, the universe or whatever he's trying to do in this. Yeah. And all of the, it's, it's so, it's such like body horror in this part, which is what you were talking about earlier, because part of Brainiac's plan is he has kind of absorbed all of the previous, uh, all of the predecessors to Brainiac five. 
and he wants to absorb Brainiac 5 as part of this kind of collective. <laughs> and he's got this like just crazy looking body with these Brainiac heads coming out of him and they're melted into this new body for Brainiac after he got shot by the bullet. And it is weird looking and kind of creepy. And then when Brainiac 5 and Supergirl finally do end up defeating um, Brainiac at the end, and I think it's really clever that they used all of these predecessors of Brainiac 5 against Brainiac himself because they all want to think they're the smartest, you know, they're the highest intellect. It ends up ripping Brainiac's body apart and... Mm -hmm. When I was watching it, I think I even texted you. I was like, holy crap, this could be a horror movie. <laughs> because it was so violent when the Brainiac body was ripped apart. I was like, I did not expect that. Because up until that point, you know, this I think this had been one of the more tame movies we've gotten in this universe. So far as, you know, just superhero action and, and fighting and violence and things like that. And then we get that and we're like, oh yeah, that reminder, this is where we're at. Yeah, the, the biggest thing I could think of is, um, is it Triplicate Girl? What the heck's her name? It is Triplicate Girl and then Duplicate Girl later. And then because... Duplicate Girl at the end. When you think she is killed, I, I remember that being pretty brutal. Um, I don't think they show, like it's not gory or anything, but I remember that being pretty rough because you don't, I didn't expect someone to die like that, I guess. Um. And then come to find out, you know, she just lost one of her replicants. But yeah, the ending, they they earned their PG-13 with the horror on that side. Yes, they do. Um, so yeah, but that's, I like that they use, that Brainiac 5 kind of uses, because he ends up being a little more of the, honestly, he becomes the more of the hero of the story than Kara does, because mm -hmm. he uses his intellect um, against Brainiac basically pitting himself against his, his replicants there. Um, and then of course we, we have the nice ending with, you know, Brainiac five and Kara being praised as well as the rest of the Legion that have helped them defeat the dark circle here. We have the, the actual Legion returning and they kind of make them full fledged members of the Legion to end the movie. Right. Oh yeah. They they're in. That's that's pretty much the end. When the, when the full Legion shows up, they say basically, I guess we have all new members. Yeah, which is nice. It's a it's kind of a send send you home happy. It's a nice moment. Um, and I'll be honest though, like I guess the whole movie takes place with the you know the bottom of the barrel Legion, like the newcomers, the young ones, the ones that we're really not supposed to know. I don't even know the regular ones that show up at the end. I don't either. And then you know I've seen some of these people before. Uh, as in the kids on the team, like Bouncing Boy, didn't he? Sh hasn't he shown up in in Titans or something like Maybe that? Maybe Young Justice. Teen and Young I, Justice, obviously, I we've think. seen Arm Fall Off Boy is uh, TDK in the Suicide Squad. Same. That's. Character. I was going to ask you, is that the same character? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just a different version of the character. Like they've he's changed names, okay. um, or James Gunn changed his name. I, I don't remember, but it is pretty much the same character. Yeah. But they are they are the new the new members of the team here, and and then we get you know of course we get a post credit scene because that's that's how the superhero movies work these days, and this one leads into War World because we have you know 
Kara, she's contacted Superman. She's uh, told her, told Superman that she's staying with the Legion. And then after the call, Superman and Batman are, are inspecting this crater in Metropolis. And they're suddenly teleported by an alien blast out of, off of the planet. Um, so before we get into that, just the movie itself, I'll say, I think it's a pretty run of the mill superhero movie. Like it's, it's paint by numbers almost. Um, it's pretty straightforward, but I do think it's more of a Supergirl movie than I expected. And I do like the relationships in the movie that are established. So for that, I mean, it takes a movie that I would normally be like, ah, oh, that was okay to, I, I, pre- I like this a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, yeah, it's not reinventing the wheel with anything. It's not something that I'm like, oh, you need to go see this this instant. But right. if you're looking for a fun superhero film that it, it's dealing with characters that don't get the limelight very often, I think that's it does it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very serviceable superhero movie, like you said, especially considering we have so many of these and they get repetitive with the same old characters over and over again. This one gives you something different with a whole new cast of characters. Yes, you still get Batman and Superman in the beginning. Um, other than Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, is it? Or is it not that one? Um, Apocalypse, where Supergirl is pretty much front and center in that. This is the only other really... Um, this is the only Supergirl movie I could think of in the animated universe, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think you're right. And two very different movies with Supergirl. I think they both serve her well, but two different versions. And I think this one, um, it gives you a different taste of the norm. And I think that's, or from the norm. And I think that's important. You know, we talk about that a lot. I, I We need variety in these films to make us have a reason to come back to any specific one. I agree with that, but, but there are enough things I think to make even the fans who don't like us know anything about the Legion. You get this introduction to the Legion, but you also get sprinkling of things that we love. We get to see Supergirl and Superman in Metropolis. Um, we get to see returning villains. We get to see Batman doing some investigation. We get the Easter eggs, like going to star labs. So there are things there, um, for the general DC fan, even if you're not super familiar with Legion, to go, okay, yeah, this is the world I know, and these are the characters I love. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Justice League Dark, where Batman is front and center in that film to get mm. you to be introduced to the Justice League Dark characters. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with Justice League Dark, at least you have Batman to kind of bring you along. Or this, if you're familiar with Batman and Superman and Supergirl, there's enough of those three to get you to, you know, follow along with the rest of the characters and, and you do, you know, you come to enjoy them. And that's, that's the point, right? Is to, this might make me look into Legion of superheroes in the future to, to try to get into something different as far as the comics go, or I'll be honest. I even thought about, um, I, I looked up how much the Blu-ray set was on Amazon and it's like $18 for the complete series of the animated show. I thought about buying it just to check it out and see, you know, I'm always open to adding to the collection of the, these animated shows that might've passed me by over the years. And oh, I think sure. that's, what's great about these is get me to, to look up some other stuff that might be, you know, kind of outside my, my comfort zone. Now, is that not available on max? It's not. No, really? No, no, I didn't it was that. on, like I said, it was on DC Universe, 
Um, it but was it just one of those. Switch. Okay. It was one of those ones that probably didn't have the numbers. You know, it was. I mean, not to go on a tangent, but there was. Uh, it was you know, Birds of Prey, The Flash, this. There were some you know deep cuts of uh, of DC past. Remember Superboy? Uh, that was on DC Universe. Um, Oh, there were yeah. some things that just didn't carry over to Max. Uh, Shazam was another one that didn't carry over. So there was, there was some stuff that they really put some money into to to show on uh, DC Universe that just didn't make the cut when they switched over. And some of them ended up on other show uh, or other streaming services. Like I think uh, Tubi has a couple of them. Mm, um, okay. I don't know where this one is though. But yeah, it's it's like eighteen dollars uh, the Blu-ray set. Um, I'm not sure how, the digital is probably more because that's the frustrating part with tv shows a lot of the times the you know the seasons are a little bit more when you try to get them digitally yeah so i'm looking it is on you can get it on apple tv um it's probably 20 bucks per season though right it's 14.99 for both seasons total no 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 individual so it's 15 yeah bucks a piece. so so again like you can get the blu-ray for 18 or the digital for 30 you know yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's frustrating for me because I like having the digital when it comes to um, TV shows because it's so much easier. But yeah, but definitely, you know, hopefully it'll pop up at some point on some stream, you know, with with the Amazon deal going through with DC at some point um, with the DC animation. Hopefully, maybe it's something that pops up on Prime one of these so, days. Am I wrong? Is there only one season? There's two seasons. There are two seasons. OK, because there's yep. I only see one season on Voodoo which is odd. But I will say both of the covers I see, I'm not seeing Monel front and center. Okay, so maybe he didn't play a part in the show. Uh, I'm seeing Phantom girl. I'm seeing Superboy or oh, Superman, whichever it is. So yeah. um it's a yeah, guy in a Superman costume. So definitely not Monel. <laughs> and you can't get season 2 on Vudu. I don't know, you can get it on Apple TV? You can, yeah. Both okay. both seasons are available on Apple. Yeah. Um and they may be on Amazon. I didn't check, but you know, like I said, hopefully with that uh, DC animation deal, it'll come to uh, Amazon Prime at some point, so we can check it out without shelling out the cash for it. Yeah, and that um, one does involve Superman, not Supergirl. Um, Superman right. is is front and center of that, which I think is pretty standard, even when the comics. Uh, I don't know the logistics of how Superman goes to the 30th century. I know it played a part in. Oh, uh, was it Final Crisis? That that was one thing I was going to ask you about with this movie, because I've watched it twice now, and that's the only befuddling thing to me is, I don't know if I just looked away at the wrong time or wasn't paying attention. How do they get to the 31st century? Oh, I want to... Uh, <laughs> it was the ball, the stupid like um, magic ball that he had. But I don't remember how he got it. I want to say... Was it was it Brainiac Five that gave it to him? I don't know, but that that is, I will say. And, okay, and so I, the Legion, I know this is a dead horse. Okay, so this is I think this is and this is yeah this is ultra nerdy, ultra whatever. But okay, so if I remember correctly, the Legion of Superheroes is a a superhero group that emulates Superman. They're mm. they basically are honoring Superman and starting the Legion of Superheroes. They created this time thing to then communicate with Superman in the 20th century. 
I, I don't understand the logistics of it. It's what, what's this thing? Gobbledygook, <laughs> scientific gobbledygook, you know, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. I don't even, I mean, if you get into the Legion of Superheroes in the comics, like I want to say it was final crisis where it plays a pretty big part because I want to say like Superboy prime goes in the future. It's, it's some pretty crazy crap. Um, that's some crazy Grant Morrison, Jeff Johns uh, stuff coughed up for, I think it was Final Crisis. I don't think it was in Infinite Crisis, but I, I could be wrong because I get those those side stories mixed up a lot, all the, the crossovers and everything. Yeah, and I'm going to have to go back and pay pay close attention to the portion where they actually go to the future. But even in the synopsis for the for the movie, it says traveling to the future. Kara is introduced, and it's like, no, but but how? How? Yeah, it was it was literally a time. It was the time ball. It was the ball yeah. they throw, and then they just go. That and like it. I said, I know I have beat this dead horse, but I'm going to bring it up again. This is the biggest issue that I have with this ongoing universe is we went from an introduction to these people, like just getting to know them to bam. Then yes. uh, a few movies later, the entire world is set up. Justice league exists. The Legion already exists. We're already at war world and all this stuff is established. And we have no idea how any of it happened. Yeah, so. It's almost like we see the movies in real time. So we're seeing what's happening every um, two years. And then like, but we're missing the two years in between. Yeah. There's gaps there. Yes. There's a lot of story we're not getting in between. And I, you're not the only one that I've seen complain about that. I've seen other people online complain about that too. And I can't disagree. It's, it's kind of like they're picking and choosing what stories they want to tell. So they're kind of skipping over some things that may set those stories up to get to these big, bold stories. Yeah, which is fine, you know, if if this was if it had started that way, but it very much felt like they were building the groundwork to a large ongoing story at the beginning. Yeah, I think it's tough because the New Fifty Two storyline, whatever I, I would assume that's what we called it, if I remember right. Um, the the animated universe, though, originally they did take their time and everything was set up pretty well and. That went on for a long time. We got a lot of films from it. But I think what happens is when you then start over again, it's like do you? they probably didn't want to set things up again because they had already done that. So they're like, let's just kind of gloss over some things so we can get to some more big stories that we didn't get to tell in the old universe. And yeah, I think, I think there's a give and take there. I think there's definitely good and bad to that because I do like, like, I don't think if they took their time well, I, I can't even say that because I feel like we could have gotten a Legion of Superhero story even without skipping over things because I don't think there's anything here that we needed other than, hey, Batman and Superman found this time ball. Like, But we never saw Batman and Superman actually meet. Yeah, and and I do think we'll discuss this if we if we do end up doing War World, um, which I'm torn on right now because, spoilers, just, just to be out in the open about it, Joe and I... And I'm not going to speak for you, Joe, but I think I'm right in saying this. That we don't like that movie. So. Well, I mean, we could talk about the last five minutes of the movie, and I think that's all we need to talk about. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were thinking about covering that. And then I remember you saying, like, you're going to watch this. And I'm like, good. Can we please cover this instead? Um, yeah. I was you know not what? a fan of War World. And I, I don't. I'm going to make the executive decision right now. We're, we're going we're gonna to discuss the end of that movie. Um, because I don't want to do an episode on that movie cause it's going to be negative and I don't feel like doing an hour of negativity. Yeah. Um, so just a real quick high level. 
uh, Joe and I did not like War World at all, and it feels like the whole movie is just to set up a tease at the end for um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Well, and here's the I tough feel part. like they're rushing to end this world, this universe. I've seen rumors that it's going to be like a trilogy of like three big event films. Which again, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it feels weird because we just got to this universe and they're already wrapping it up, possibly. Mm-hmm. But I. It's almost like they didn't know what they wanted to do um, or they were planning on doing this longer, but now they're shifting gears again, which how familiar does that sound? Um, Well, honestly, it makes me wonder if this is a mandate because of what James Gunn wants to do with animation. Completely what I was thinking. And, and I don't know for a fact, obviously Um, they might just want to, you know, end this before Superman legacy, which I'm okay with too. What, I mean, whatever they want to do is fine. I still think we got enough good stories out of this. Um, me personally, I know they, I think they save money while keeping these all in the same universe. I prefer the one-offs. I do. Um, I think these, I think I like the best of both worlds also where you get a couple of one-offs and then a couple of in universe ones. But if I had to pick and choose, at this point, because we've already had two universes, just go back to the one-offs. I think the one-offs allow you to have more freedom. You could have told this exact story as a one-off, right? Yeah. Like, well, no like reason, like Battle of the Super Sons. How great is that? Exactly. It's, it's a one. It's a one and done. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, with War World, I will say this: um, it doesn't work for me, and I'll try to stay positive. It doesn't work for me as a movie as a whole. But to me, it's like, I I don't even, I mean, I don't feel like watching it again, but it's like, I have no interest in ever revisiting it. I think it's three elseworld stories that they just looked for an excuse to tell three elseworld stories and then tie it into the fact that it's a world world story. Like, like if you took that as let's pretend like world world is non-existent and it's just, Pretend like they're not even dream worlds. I feel like I could take 20 minutes of shorts. Like, all right. So let's say they put those as three shorts. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think, I think we could stomach that a lot better because I think those would be fun shorts. Well, and let me ask you, but this. as a did whole, you, I was bored out of my mind. Cause I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Did you watch the featurette that came with it? I did. And they basically do say like, they were trying to like throw us off by calling it world world. And I'm like, well, and they almost, okay. they almost, the, the creators almost made it seem like, well, we didn't really like War World, so we wanted to do something different with War World. And my thought was, why do War World? If that's- like, don't call it War World then. Like, you could have just called it anything else. And, and again, I don't want to judge the film based on the name because I feel like we're all open to Elseworld stories. And I, I almost want to watch like, Going back, knowing what to expect now, if I just turned it on and said, okay, I'm going to watch the Wonder Woman story and just stop. And then I'm going to go back tomorrow and I'm just going to watch the Superman story and then stop. How would I feel about those individual stories if they were just individual short stories? Because I feel like that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to tell three Elseworld stories, but then tie it into World World. So make it like a dream sequence, almost like a, um, it feels like a combination of, not um oh crap what's the not the man who has everything is it the man who has everything with the um the thing that latches onto him and uh 
makes him see like uh, what their dreams have. What the hell is that thing called? I, I know what you're talking it. about, but anyway. I, so it reminded like a combination of that and um, the Batman story where he's going back through time. And, like, he's a pirate. And, you know, the Grant Morrison stuff. Like, all that crap. Oh, like, the, it, the death of or resurrection of Bruce Wayne or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, it, it just seemed like they were trying to do their own version of all these crazy stories, which is fine. But I think because I, I was waiting for something to tie these stories into one another, and they really don't. I will say, I really like the first segment, the Wonder Woman Western segment. I really yeah. like that. And then the Batman segment was the weakest of the three. So I'll be honest, I don't even remember what the Superman was. So I, I think the, the Superman, Superman was, was the, the black and white. It was in the 50s. It was at the diner. Oh, um, okay. So that's the one I remember thinking was fine. What's the Batman one then? It's the, oh God, it's like caveman days. The, the I can't remember who the, the characters are in it, but it's like he's a barbarian kind of. It's It's not good. Uh, the movie starts really well because I, I had even texted you when I started watching it. Um, it starts really well with the Western stuff. I was really excited. And then it just got, it went downhill from there and it never recovered. So yeah, but anyway, long story short, uh, this is, this is spoilers. So I'm sorry. Um, but the end of the movie is Harbinger coming back. Uh, or or finding the Justice League as they're leaving War World, uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and they uh, they're basically setting up they're basically setting up uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So we'll see how that goes with those films. But I I personally can't recommend Justice League War World. Yeah, and for me, that's all I need to know to go into the next one. I'll probably never watch this again. <laughs> Just to be yeah, honest. I, I agree, and and I, I know like. This is going to sound weird, too, because I think Crisis is an excellent story. Are you kind of crisis out at this point? <laughs> like, we already got the Crisis on Infinite Earths on um, the CW. I feel like everything has been doing these. I mean, I guess because that's not obviously Crisis proper. It was the CW's version of Crisis, which I thought was a lot of fun. To me, it was also the death of the CW universe because, man, ever since then, it is, you know, the CW universe was not the same. It seemed like they no. just kind of honestly out everything. And if I'm honest, I'm a little multiversed out at the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the thing to do right now when it's just kind of everywhere. So the the awe factor of it is kind of gone at this point. But again, I'll, I'll still watch it. Like If it's done well, um, I don't know how they're going to do it in an hour and a half. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. I, I'm open to it because I do, you know, other than War World, I've liked every movie in this universe. I know a lot of people don't care for beware the power or beware my power. I will even admit as someone that likes it, it is definitely the weakest one for me. Yeah. Um, other than war world. Um, I think even, well, you no, I, I would war even say, yeah, that beware my power is, is much better than war world. I'll yeah. That. Okay. That's, that's my point is uh, even you would admit be more of my power is better than war world. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, we don't want to spend too much time. This was a, a Legion episode, so so we'll leave it there. Um, but we can't. I, I, in good conscience, I can't do an episode on War World because I don't think there's there's enough positivity there, and I don't want an hour of just negative bashing. So yeah, that's we, our thoughts I mean, on War World. 
when when you started this podcast and you know we we talked about a lot of stuff and we both agreed like we weren't going to do an episode just to do an episode <laughs> we we don't want to yeah. talk about things we don't enjoy that's not the fun part of this we enjoy you know we want to discuss the things that we enjoy that's that's pretty much it so i i agree with you and i'm glad we're on the same page there because when we were originally talking about doing that i was not looking forward to it so i was much happier doing this episode because i do enjoy this one and uh, yeah and that's not to say i mean if there's a brand new dc movie hitting theaters and just joe and i don't end up loving it um there's been a few of those actually that yeah we liked didn't love we'll still talk about it um but if it's something like this i mean it's a direct to direct to home media you know movie and and neither one of us liked it at all there's just no point in doing an episode so we're just going to leave it there um but joe i feel like this is a great place to wrap it up was there anything else any other thoughts on legion of superheroes uh no i um like i said it's it's pretty i think you even said paint by the numbers was the term you used i kind of agree um nothing that's gonna you know break the mold but Definitely a fun one. Uh, check it out for something different. Um, I think, you know, you get the the cool continuity with Batman and Superman in the beginning. Pretty much just wrapping up everything we've already talked about. I, I do recommend checking it out. And um, let's hope that we get some more fun stuff in this uh, continuity. You know, we don't know when the next film is coming out. We just know it's next year, right? Yep. Nothing this yep. year, which is, I'm kind of uh, surprised. Nothing else this year. The only thing I know of next year, yeah, is the Crisis and, and Watchmen, which is not in in continuity. So, yeah, I think that's the next two, and that'll be 2024. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Joe, for joining me on this episode. I did enjoy this little visit with Supergirl and the Legion. Uh, so, why don't you let everybody know until we meet again where they can find you out there on social media? You guys can find me on X, Instagram, and Letterboxd as J411. The X thing throws me. I'm like, I lose my <laughs> rhythm with that. Um, yeah. J411 on those. Uh, really getting into Scarathon right now. Um, we are mid September now. Uh, getting involved in that has been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not going as crazy as I did last year with a lot of new uh i did all new horror movies all of september this year i'm kind of pacing myself a little bit because i got burned out a little last year Mm. but that's been a lot of fun i'm gonna try to fit some batman stuff in there as well might not count some of them as scarathon but to me they're fun to watch in september i mean we got to watch long halloween um Mm -hmm. some other fun stuff like maybe some justice league dark stuff there's always ways to fit in uh some some superhero stuff i actually want to rewatch swamp thing that's one thing that i'm gonna try to do that's a good one um, so yeah, in, uh, hit me up on there and, and on Facebook as Joe Fornerato, F-O-R-N-A-R-O-T-T-O. Excellent. And yes, uh, so since you brought that up, we do have October coming up in spooky season. Of course, we are wrapping up the Red Rain trilogy this year, so that will be our primary Halloween special. But I want to ask you guys, if you have any ideas for DC or Batman related Halloween content that we can do an episode on, give us a shout. Let us know what you'd like to hear during spooky season. Well, I had a recommendation for you. Okay. If you remember, do you remember or no, you already forgot. Message me after. Okay. Okay. Um, but as for myself, you can find my personal accounts on uh, Twitter or X, Instagram, uh, and Letterboxd at MeCarter89. That's MeCarter89. The show can be found on Facebook, Instagram, X, 
and we're still on threads, so it's still hanging on a little bit. That's <laughs> at TFR Bad Pod. <laughs> yes. Um, those emails, once again, can be sent to tfrbatpod at gmail.com. If you're looking for a way to support us, the best way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Um, If you're looking for another way to give us some support, and we don't ask that you spend any money on the show, but you can go to redbubble.com and search shop TFR, all one word, and find all of our logos created by Justin Kowalski on some very cool merch there. Our theme music was created by the very talented Gaurav Ventikeswar, and his music can be found on gvtunes.com. Make sure if you're looking for any kind of graphic uh, novel, any hardcover, any trade paperback, go to Organic Priced Books. Use our link in the description of this podcast and our promo codes to save you some money there. But until we meet again, for Joe, I am Eric. Thank you so much for listening to TFR. And make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Comics, or DC Studios. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.